What's the Worry is a new podcast that is sharing first-hand accounts of the lockdown measures taken by different nations around the world. This week, we have seen accounts from China, India, Costa Rica, Spain and Vietnam. As the situation intensifies here in Italy and at home in the UK, we will be looking at how people are dealing with the self-isolation and sharing in some positive commentary. My name is Ryan Paul Stevenson, reporting from the bunkers in northern Italy. My first guest is Lucia Monoz, and she is from Valladolid, which is in the central parts of Spain. Hello, Lucia. How are you? Hello, Ryan. And of course, you're in in Spain, and Spain is the the second worst hit in terms of the the coronavirus um, after after Italy. Um, what's it like in your region? Well, uh, I'm currently on my little village that is from Segovia, and we are leaving it uh, on lockdown because the whole country, as you know, is in lockdown right now. And, well, my village, uh, fortunately, is not infected yet. We don't have any case, but people are really afraid because plenty of people here are old people, so... We are afraid because in villages nearby, there are some cases. Right. Interesting there that you mentioned the uh, the old population. Now, one of the reasons why um, we're having such a, uh, a bad situation in Italy is because Italy has the second uh, oldest population in, in the world. And of course, the virus is affecting the vulnerable and the elderly uh, more than more than anyone else. And that's caused a situation where the ratio of those that um, get the virus and unfortunately die of, of it is a lot higher in Italy. And I suppose Spain um, has a similar demographic in terms of the people. So your your small little village, um, what what's the reaction been there from the people? Well, as I as I said, people is really really afraid, and well, they. They are struggling against the situation. Mm. They are trying to do their best just not to be infected. And, well, it's hard. Yeah, of course. And in Italy, we're obviously in lockdown. Um, People are able to leave their homes um, only to go to the supermarket, pharmacy, doctors. I mean, you are allowed to walk your dog, for example, or um, go and run, exercise, so long as you're on your own. Is that similar in Spain? Well, here in Spain, um, we must uh, be at home. Almost everything is banned right now, but we can go out the door just if we have to work because some people have those basic jobs, so they have to work. We can take uh, the dog for a walk or go to take some food or medicine, but we can, for example, we can't go out... uh, to do some outdoor sports or something. Yes. Okay. Right. And in terms of the the sort of uh, regulation of it all, is there a strong police presence in your village or, or military? Not really, because it's really, really small. It's about 300 inhabitants, and okay. it's controlled by, by people itself. Right. 
And you'll say that the Spanish people, from what you've seen in your village, are taking it seriously. Well, um, some people are, but others are being fined or even arrested by police in big cities because okay. they are like going against the law. Okay, wow. And what sort of things are they doing to, to get the fines or even be arrested? So they are spending much more time at street that they can because, as I already said, is forbidden to be at the street without any uh, thing. If you, for example, uh, are in the street without uh, any kind of reason, you are fined or even arrested. If it is, uh, if for example you are drinking or something, right? Drinking okay. alcohol. I mean, yeah. Um, and you mentioned there that you live in a small village of three hundred um, inhabitants. Your parents own the the supermarket there. Is that correct? Yes, it is. And obviously, um, the supermarkets they've been uh, heavily um, influenced during this this time because people, of course, naturally are flooding to the supermarket to stock up on food. Has that been the case in your village? Well, not really, because uh, here in Spain, uh, last week, uh, some supermarkets suffered from shortage. But this week, the situation is, I think, is more controlled by the state of alarm measures. And here in my village, uh, people last week uh, well they didn't do the same as in big cities in big cities uh, the problem was that people was uh, was panic and they started to purchase and buy some things that well they don't need but right. yes it's a reaction because of of panic and fear yeah of course the panic and fear drives people to to stock up because it's it's unknown how long this will last. Um, it's a very uncertain time. And has that put extra pressure on your parents as, as the owners of the supermarket? Well, yes, for them, it's difficult to be working while the whole country is on lockdown because they, as everyone, they are afraid of being infected. infected. And they have to deal with fear with people who is really afraid. So it's it's really hard. Mm. But they 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 have to do that. Of course. And we've seen different measures taken by supermarkets in Italy, certainly in my town. Um, just today, it, it seems like the first day that they've limited the amount of people that can be in the supermarket. At the, at the same time, I was queuing for 45 minutes and I'm in a very quiet town as well. So they're only letting a few in and they're ensuring that everyone in the queues and in the lines have a meter gap as well. What measures have your parents taken in their small shop? Well, they have taken similar measures and they have like special uh, things to protect themselves and their customers, such as masks and gloves. But the thing is that they have also taken the the decision of reducing the opening hours just in order to reduce the the risk or of being infected too. Okay, so that's interesting. So they reduced the 
the hours that the, the shop is open to reduce the, the potential exposure um, to the virus. It must be uh, it must be difficult, isn't it? Because um, they've got the, the shop, which, of course, is their livelihood. You're getting their money from the shop. And I suppose they feel a, a bit of a duty to, to serve the, the local village. Um, but it's difficult when they're coming in contact with everyone um, all day long. Um, how's their attitude been when they've come back home? Are they quite positive or is it is it stressful for them? Well, yes, my parents tend to be positive, but the situation is hard for, for everybody. So they are affected too, but they try to be positive and to take uh, all the measures just in order to reduce the risk. But the risk is there because it's something yeah. natural we can't control. Of course. And turning to you then, what, what have you been doing during this time of uh, self-isolation? Well, the thing is that I don't have much time to be worried because university is taking it seriously and we have a very, well, we have many, many things to to do. I have some papers and projects and those first first days of lockdown, I have been doing some university stuff. So that's okay. that I'm, I'm doing. Perfect. And what, what do you study, Lucia? I study elementary education at, uh, at Valladolid. So mm. I was working with, with children and, well, we had to stop because it was like uh, extracurricular activities. So I have to stop because, of course, every educational practice was, was cancelled by the government. Okay, of course, and it, it's had an impact everywhere, hasn't it? The schools, um, small businesses being shut down. Um, so it's really a, a time of change and um, everyone needs to sort of work together, don't they? Especially in small communities like your village. Yes, it's really hard because, well, you see your neighbour that is, well, they live uh, because of their business, small business, and now things are changing and they have to, to end and to stop uh, working and mm. they are worried and, well, you know, it's hard and especially in that kind of situation, my village uh, is like a big family. We are a few people there, so we are suffering the consequences of Together. that situation. Yeah. Okay, Lucia, that's very insightful um, to hear your account in uh, central Spain. Thanks for your time today. You're welcome. Let's illuminate a quote there from Lucia when describing her village as being like a big family all working together in this situation. And that's really how we should all be thinking during this test. It's a test for all of our communities, whether that's your village, your, your estate, your street, even your next door neighbor. Those that are vulnerable or elderly, let them self-isolate. If you're young, you're fit, you're not working, do what you can, even if that's a smile as you pass people on the street. I know it's difficult, but here in my town, after a week, a week of lockdown now, 
uh, in northern Italy, I've come to notice that people are losing their social skills. People aren't saying ciao anymore. We, they just avoid each other as we're passing them in the street. Of course, respect the, the meter rules and don't get too close. But let's remember that our social skills and interpersonal skills are what sets us apart from animals. Let's not turn into animals. Yes, respect the rules. Only go out for necessary purposes. But let's stay human, hey? I am now joined by Clara Gonzalez-Selva in Andalusia, which is in the south of Spain. Clara, hello, how are you? Nice. Hi, Brian. How are you doing? Yes, I'm very well, Clara. It's, uh, again, another sunny day here in Italy. Is it quite sunny down in the south of Spain? Uh, well, here is quite cloudy, some, some wind. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. And which city are you in, in Andalusia? I'm in Algeciras, in Cadiz. Okay, near Cadiz, fantastic place. If anyone listening has not been before, um, really nice it's a medieval town and really fantastic long beaches. Um, so <laughs> we're, of course, here today to talk about, initially, um, the lockdown measures in Spain. Now, Italy were the first European country to introduce these type of lockdown measures. What have you seen in Spain? Well, uh, the measures were taken last Sunday in the whole country. The president mm -hmm. declared the alarm condition on Saturday night, and right after that, our journeys were restricted. The thing oh. is that I live in a small-sized city, and the population didn't expect that at all. I mean, if the lockdown was set up on Sunday, the previous day went like an ordinary weekend. So they felt like to lock up ourselves was too severe. Right. Okay. Um, so the lockdown started on Sunday. What was the initial reaction from, from the Spanish people? You said there that it came as a bit of a surprise. Are people taking it seriously? Uh, well, at the present moment, I think people are in compliance with the situation and pursuant to the provisions. But if my memory serves me correctly, just after the government announced the interruption of the classes, people were like hanging out, like there wasn't a big deal. And at first moment, we didn't catch on at all the, the gravity of the situation. Right. And I think that that's rings true for most areas. I think most nations, um, this came as a big surprise. And mm -hmm. initially, we probably didn't take it as seriously uh, as we, we are now, certainly, and what we probably should have done. Um, in terms of activities that the Span Spanish authorities have banned, um, what can and you can't do currently in Spain? Well, uh, it's forbidden to go out of your house if you're not going to the supermarket, the bakery, the bank, or mm. to walk the dog. Uh, con currently, you can also go to work if you are essential. I refer oh. if you work on the health sector, evidently. 
but also mechanics or newspaper sellers, for example. Okay. Um, and of course, the supermarkets are open. And in the UK, mm -hmm. you may have seen or elsewhere as well, not just in the UK, but certainly uh, what I've seen from uh, friends back in the UK is lots of videos and things on social media showing that people are ravaging the supermarkets they're going there and getting as much as they can is is that what's happening in spain as well yes yes for sure uh, since the alarm condition was announced the people panicked a lot so first thing they did was to go to the supermarket and do a massive shopping and mm. absolutely everything was sold out Mm, expensive. The president of a very famous grocery store leave okay. proof of we wouldn't leave a shortage of any product, but people panicked a lot. Even today, that we are going to do a week of lockdown. If mm. you mm, need to shop something specifically, you must go early in the morning until they run out of that okay right um and of course in china we saw a lot of people wearing face masks now i in italy um have started to see more and more people wear face masks but i think initially uh, people weren't really wearing them what what is it like in spain are they wearing the masks Mm, well, you can see some people wearing face masks or gloves, but here in Spain, hospitals, um, health, the health sector is running out of material. Um, they conscious the people a lot for not using this if you if you don't have an and this a disease or something that okay the hospitals are running out of face masks yeah. so you shouldn't use it right use it the, okay the, so the, only essential sorry essential people i.e hospital workers um should have the masks and those mm -hmm. walking down the streets the supermarket shouldn't Okay. And I suppose, Clara, you're quite used to wearing face masks because you're a, a trainee dentist in Madrid. Uh, how, how is that going? Well, uh, in Madrid, uh, everything happened all at once. At first, we were seeing daily news from Italy and we said, okay, this ain't gonna happen here, but everyone was like escaping from the capital right okay the situation was quite overwhelming <laughs> wow i mean i can i can imagine madrid's obviously um a very busy city and mm -hmm. many people in madrid um have come from other areas in spain so did a lot of people leave madrid to go back home to their families yes for sure uh Everyone in Madrid who has a second residence in the coast or in their parents' town, and they were, they were, everyone was escaping from Madrid. <laughs> right. Okay. And um, obviously now people are on lockdown in their, their homes and people are thinking, well, what can I do with my time? 
Um, so I'm aware that you've been using your time um, to practice some mindfulness activities. Can you uh, talk about that? Yes. Um, to conclude the day, uh, before I go to bed, I like to do some mindfulness exercise and mm. that's helped me not being anxious. And I think this helps me also to study better. And right. Mindfulness exercise helps you being aware of your thoughts and your feelings and accepting them. Yeah. It gives you ability to be fully focused and concentrate on what you're doing. I think in this situation we are living, I think this kind of exercise can help some people to not be overly overwhelmed but yeah. by what's going around us. Yes. Certainly. And obviously mental health um, has recently become more and more of a, a, a well-known thing. Um, even before the outbreak of the coronavirus, uh, people were talking about it more, um, talking amongst friends. Mm -hmm. We heard a lot of celebrities coming out saying that they have mental health problems. Now with the coronavirus, we've got a situation where a lot of the activities or the things that we used to use um, to take our mind off the negative thoughts that we we are experiencing, i.e. going to the bar to socialize with friends, going, playing sports in sports groups, going for runs and things. Those things have been taken away from us. So it's um, a difficult period for a lot of people um, in order to try and find activities that are keeping them sane, keeping their minds at bay. And a lot of the, the anxiety that we have currently is the unknown. Like we mentioned earlier, Nobody really um, expected it to get like this. I, I don't think governments expected it to get like this. And certainly it doesn't look like we were pre prepared for this. And that uncertainty surely creates um, a lot of uh, issues with our, with our mental health. So anything that we can do to take our mind off the situation um, can really help us through this period. So you, you talked about there, your activities that you do every evening. Um, so what, what is it exactly? Is it yoga? Is it um, meditation? Well, it involves breathing methods, guided imagery, and it helps to relax the body and the mind. Some experts say that it can also improve blood pressure, it can reduce chronic pain, or even improve sleeping. Yes, it's... It's, it's like a guide meditation. And mm. If you want to initiate, Ryan, you can start by following guided meditation. Um, I entirely recommend Dr. Mario Puch on YouTube. And okay. It's totally free and I think you'll become more positive and productive, productive even more than now. Okay, fantastic. Well, Clara, thanks for sharing that. I'm sure the, the listeners uh, would appreciate that. So that's Dr. Marshall Push on YouTube, where you can find some mindfulness activities. And certainly during this period, as we just mentioned, um, any activity that can take your mind off this situation is surely going to help you um, through this, this difficult time. Certainly interesting there to hear what 
Clara had to say in terms of what she does to keep negative thoughts at bay and to keep a positive mental health. Now, a lot of anxiety is rooted really in worrying about the unknown and maybe waiting for something to happen. And the coronavirus is that on a macro scale. A lot of the trouble that we've had is the unknown recently. Lots of nations taking different approaches, the virus coming at different times in each nation, and obviously the, the government responding to that um, almost with no plan or uh, struggling to think of what, what next to do. And that's creating a lot of uncertainty for everyone amongst the governments and amongst the people. And with that uncertainty, of course, can cause anxiety. And mental health was an issue before, and it's, and it's a big issue now. What I really want to explore in future podcasts is how people are dealing with this situation in regards to their mental health. And certainly reading a lot of the news about the coronavirus certainly hasn't helped a lot of people or the figures or the scaremongering. Uh, now, some of you might be sat there thinking, well, isn't what this podcast is doing, um, sort of illuminating the problems uh, and causing some of the negativity. What I'll say to that is really that this podcast is taking guests who have first-hand exposure to the lockdown measures um, where they are in the world uh, with no motive to fabricate the facts, to, to, to hide what's been happening or to exaggerate the situation. My guests and I are simply just casting a light on the here and now what we are seeing with our own eyes in the cities that, that we're living in and not what we're hearing about in the news. Now, I am careful with who I pick to be a guest. I only pick people that do share a positive outlook on the situation and generally speaking. Um, yes, we take it seriously, of course, uh, but we're dealing with it in a situation, dealing with the situation in the right way, in that positive mindset. And I, I just want you to hear what Clara had to say at the end of our conversation. Um, and it really puts that into perspective. Uh, these days, I'm seeing on Instagram friends that voluntary offers to do the grocery shops mm. of elderly people or to stay with the children of the neighbors if they have to work. So we can say every cloud has a silver lining and despite everything, I think we will go out of this situation and we have to stay positive. Fantastic. What a way to finish. Okay, Clara, uh, thanks for your time today uh, and thanks to the listeners as well. Thanks, Sarah, and have a nice day. <laughs>
Just the same ways, only in our eyes.